The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown & Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft & Hagler, Tiebreakers, PMS Builders, and the Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in on this Victory Monday for East Carolina. We've got a great hour for you planned coming up. Head coach Ruffin McNeil, the former Pirate coach, now headed to the East Carolina Hall of Fame. He's now at NC State as a special assistant to the head coach. He's going to join us and talk about his days at East Carolina, what he's thoughts are about making it to the Hall of Fame and of course that big win for NC State from over the weekend over ninth ranked Clemson that's in the first half hour of our show the back half hour Steve Ellis quarterbacks coach at East Carolina his player Jaquan McMillan has had some kind of couple of weeks for this East Carolina Pirate defense Pirates now two and two on the year with Tulane coming to town so we'll talk with coach Ellis about that but coach Ruff kicks us off on the Brian Bailey show and that's coming up for you right after this You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show on this Victory Monday for East Carolina. Also a Victory Monday for North Carolina State. Their special assistant to the head coach is former East Carolina coach Ruffin McNeil, who is one of the newest members of the East Carolina Hall of Fame. And he joins us today from Raleigh. Coach Ruff, how are you today? BB, long time, brother. How you doing? It has been a long time. You doing Okay. Yes, sir. I'm doing good. Everything, everything good for you? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. Had the family in this weekend for tailgating and stuff and went to the game and, uh, Pirates got a win. You know how the town is when the Pirates get a victory. Even if it's an ugly victory, it was still a victory. And so you, uh, you got to count your blessings and keep on going. Well, you know, wins are hard. You know, you've been in a long time and I think everybody needs to realize that players a lot of times and, and the word ugly win, I've never, seen that one word in dictionary bb i've seen ugly and i've seen win but ugly win one word i haven't seen that one brother yeah you're right <laughs> as always and get out of there man but yeah man it's good to hear your voice brother as always uh, it's good to hear your voice all right what are your emotions like when when you first found out what were they like when you first found out that hey you know you've been in you're going to be inducted into the east carolina hall of fame uh humbled honored First thing that came to mind, BB, was, and you've been around me a long time, my family first, last, and always thought. You've heard me say that. Also, with the definition of team, is we, us, and ours. And when it was announced and, 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 and called, I was called, and it was we, us, and ours around this whole award and honor. 
not 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 a, awards are given for like this or honors are given like this in my opinion and my experience and knowledge is because of a group of we a group of us and a group of ours so first thing came to me is thank you but this this belongs to a lot of people a lot of names on this one there is a lot of names, and I want to give you some some information. I don't know if you know this or not, but he's a good friend of yours as well. But Brian Mudor is one of the guys, and, and you may have gotten many nominations, but I, I know that he was one of the ones to nominate you because I read through the letter and, and helped tweak it a little bit. But and, and you know what what he put in his letter, which is so true, is that not only on the field did you deserve to get in the Hall of Fame, but off the field with everything that you did in the community. And I can tell you firsthand how many times that I've emceed an event and Coach would be there, would be a speaker there. I remember, I think it was with Riley's Army, if I'm not mistaken. That's the first time I ever, ever heard you use the, the, the phrase, uh, you're better three quarters. Because I was with Melissa, and, and I, you know, everybody says, that's my better half, that's my better half. And so I, I look over, and you look over, and you go, that's his better three quarters. I was like, what's he talking about? And then I got, you know, I got the joke after that, and, and, you, and you're exactly right. But, but just yeah. all the things you did, you know, off the field, I mean, that, that means a lot to everybody in the community. Well, you know, first of all, you and B. Mead, and I think we've had some great experiences together, and B. Mead is a great one, just like you are, and uh, I thank B. Mead for the letter and you uh, tinkering with it and making it right. I, I really appreciate that uh, beyond belief. I, 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 I can't thank you, you both enough and thank B. Mead. Love you guys. Uh, but off the field, I think, you know, I think and I, I think I give my, a lot of credit, this B.B., to my mom and dad, Bonnie and Ruffin McNeil. They taught me the, the definition of service. And uh, service is the rent we pay for the privilege to live on this earth. That's, that's a, 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 a quote by Shirley Chisholm. And I, I really believe that I, my brother and I were taught that very early, is to serve and, and, and to give back. And with responsibility comes even more need of service. So I remember us serving a lot of a lot of things together, from Special Olympics to Riley's Army to some other things you and I were both on. We saw each other a lot away from sports, which I thought was our, built our relationship, BB. And, uh, but service and giving back are major, uh, for me, our family, Erlene, and, uh, my girls even right now is giving back. So I appreciate that. And, uh, I'm honored to be able to be able to have the ability and the platform to serve. And I want to give, you know, Meador did a great job with the letter. It was very touching, and I did very little to help him out with it. So I want to make sure he gets all the credit for that. But it was really, really just well written from the heart. And I think that, you know, you touched a lot of our lives when you were here. And it's interesting because, you know, when coaches come, and I've been fortunate enough to get along with just about everybody that has come through in my 37 years, but, you know, some you get closer to than, than others. And, and I could tell, you know, late in your career with, with the administration in East Carolina, I could tell some of the stress that you were under. And and I knew firsthand that what was going on, you know, as far as that goes. But you know, when you look back at your career, I mean, there's so many big wins and so many, you know, some bowl games. You know, the bowl games we had a chance to go to, and it's just, uh, it, it was a great run, wasn't it? Well, I enjoyed the beginning of it, you know. And with all situations, you know, uh, you have some some beautiful times and tough times, some exciting times, uh, and and you you learn from it. But man, the exciting times we had there far outweigh. Anything that, that that did not happen or was 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 not an exciting time. Uh, our relationship, yours, be me. Uh, 
I hope the fans know that I call you BB and BB. Yeah. I don't care about calling you by your government name. That's right. That's it. That's it for life. So fans, I call them B Mead and BB. You guys, are, but we we you know you the excitement outweighs. You know what? And the kids outweigh all that. You know, and we had some really really great times. And uh, uh, you know uh, the the things to go through that you have to learn from uh, tough times. Uh, that's that's a part of it, is learning from them. And but nothing outweighs the positive. No, nothing can outweigh exciting times and, and exciting wins and experiences that we had together on the field and off. You know, there were some exciting times there in, in Dowdy Ficklin and some exciting times on the road. And, but nothing beats those one-on-one times with the kids and, and uh, you know, just having that, that, that relationship that's built for life. And that's what I promised them when they came. This is for life. It's not for, it's not, it's not for just a minute. It's for life. We're taking your questions or comments on our Facebook live feed, and someone just uh, wrote in and said, you used to walk 14th Street and wave to everyone. You know, when Coach Ruff walked 14th Street, it was like a parade, wasn't it? People beeping the horns and you're waving to everybody. Yeah, it was different. It was fun. And then uh, I would have some music on and and uh, talking to Erlene or somebody, and, and it would the horns would blow, but he had to give them that wave. And uh, th- that just, you know, that became a daily ritual, I think, you know, and then the neighborhoods, seeing the, the neighbors and, and the families, uh, walk past the school and, and up 14th and down, uh, really became a tradition and, uh, it was fun and, uh, it is, uh, uh, brought back, brings back memories. Now that you mention it, a lot of great memories. I tell you the uh the, the fact that you wrote the children's book and you would go to schools and read it and I'll never forget that I was doing something one day I get a text message from Bella at school and she would text she texted me about every day from school she gets hold of her phone somehow but she sent me a text it was a picture of of her and you, you know, with the pirate hook sign and I thought to myself well, coach Ruff's reading at her school today and she found him and they got a picture taken together so it was you know and that's that's the kind of kind of things that that you know, means so much to so many people. Well, Bella's an angel, and I, I can remember I love doing that, and that was a, a part of what I mean, the service and a part of the experience, uh, been able to to write the book, you know, and uh, to be able to uh, share it with the schools in the area and with families and, and friends and get a chance to, and I, again, I go back to my mom, who was a second grade teacher for a long time, and my dad, who was a middle school, ninth grade, and coach, uh, just that reading part, BB. And then Bella, her, her, her angel self found me and like her dad would do. And, uh, <laughs> it was great that day at school and gave her a big rough hug and loved on her. And, uh, yeah, take this, dad. I got to rough. Right <laughs> you know, she has horns to hold up her halo. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about your relationship a little bit with Lincoln Riley now, because you know, obviously, you know, he was with you as offensive coordinator. Lincoln skyrocketed to the top of the college football coaching profession. He brought you to Oklahoma. You were there for a couple of years uh, with Lincoln. Then uh, I, I know the story. You came back to be closer to your dad. But but how much do you keep up with Lincoln these days? Yeah, it's a daily and weekly thing. We. I've known Lincoln BB since he was 19 years old. Man, you know, like I've known Dave here since he was 24 years old, 23 years old. 
So I remember Lincoln and I met when he was a walk-on at Texas Tech, the student assistant where he made zero dollars, a million zeros, and then he became a graduate assistant where he made like half a million zeros. You know what I mean? Nothing. And then he just hung in there and became a full-time, and, you know, our relationship is still great. You know, it goes from uh, at one time where I was was boss, and and then he was boss, and then uh, I think the mentorship, and the big brother part is still there. Uh, I know it is. And, but we share back and forth right now. Wish him good luck. I'll, I'm always here for him and I know he's there for me. And it was an enjoyable time, uh, to be with him and watch him and watch him develop and see him in that chair. And you can imagine that, BB. You've had a lot of your, uh, uh, trainees and people under you move on to, to jobs and to see them. It's like a proud papa sort of like for you now. Yeah. Uh, both now. It was the same thing watching Lincoln grow and watch him make decisions and handle the entire staff, organization, uh, uh, a sooner nation at, at, at a lot of times, and still handle it well, and winning and accomplishing major things doing it. So we keep in touch and with Caitlin and the girls, and uh, just like we did before. And uh, when I hired him here, at, when I hired him out of East Carolina, they talked about him being too young. And I said, well, I got enough years for all of our staff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, <laughs> yeah, having some youth is good. You know, and uh, so I had nothing. And, and people are on this too, BB. I tell you, that Lincoln turned down five jobs that paid him double, triple, and quadruple what I could pay him. He told him no to stay stay with us in East Carolina. He turned them down. And then when this last one came, and Bob Stoops called me on it, uh, it was no it was a no brainer. I said Bob called to ask me, asked me about him, talked to him. I go, yes, you got mission. Yes, you should take him, Bob. And um, and when Bob made when Lincoln made the move, it was a blessing because I knew he was due. But that's loyalty right there, you know. And it's not about the material thing; it's about the love that he had for what we were doing there, and for me personally, I think, and me for him. And uh, so that love is still there right now. We text and go back and forth all the time, still. And so now you've moved on. You're now at NC State with Dave Dorn. What are your daily, you know, daily routes? What is your daily routine like? What, what are some of the things that you work on and work with Coach Dorn? Because as a special assistant to the head coach, well, um, my office is, is our secretary Natalie is between his office and mine. And matter of fact, he came in this morning. He always has a seat here, and and we talk uh, each week daily about situations on the team or. What I think about his opponent, uh, what's my, uh, thought, the temperature of the team, uh, overall, uh, I observe practice like I did as a head coach and make notes, mental notes, written notes on what I see. Uh, I, I talk to kids about life, about development, about achieving their personal goals, about reaching maximum potential on a daily basis. Uh, I am here for him. So the strategic part of a day to day in the rooms defensively like I had for years, BB, of strategizing, I don't do that. It's more of an overall point and overall point of view made to coach the players. And a lot of coaches still come by on the staff, great coaches I have on the staff. Matter of fact, BB, I've coached against most of them as players, which makes me feel really, really old. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, or either in competition, you know, uh, Ole Miss, a lot of the Texas Tech, different places. Nebraska with Coach Beck and Tony Gibson of West Virginia. But we've coached against each other a lot. So I know this entire staff. So 
the move was really a smooth move because I knew everyone, including Dave, for so long. And the kids on the team knew me. So, you know, it was a smooth transition. So the relationship that I have with Dave and with the youngsters, with the players, the guys, the boys, uh, was, was a smooth transition, and it still is. What do you do on game day then? I'm observing the entire game. I'm behind and I watch offense, defense, special team because I've observed it all week. I'm in all those meetings to understand what the strategy, what the what the game plan is, and I watch the game plans unfold. Uh, and then at halftime, I share share that with Dave. What I see from a from an outside point of view is is with him. I've been in that seat he sits in. Yeah. And and in that seat, and we talked about this. I've been in that seat, so my job is to make sure that seat is real comfortable for him and what I see from that seat from experience. This is year 41 for me, BB. You know what I mean? So I see a lot. And uh, so I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm watching. I'm always behind. If you ever watch, I, I watch from end zone view and now video board view, which is like film. And I watch film all week long on the opponent. I watch practice and have game plans on what we plan on installing on offense, even special teams each, each, each week. So I watch it on the practice field, watch it on film, then during the game, watch it. And when at halftime or in between, if I see some things that need to be mentioned to Dave, he and I will share those things. And, uh, but the relationship has been great, you know, for me. I do miss the strategizing, but, uh, the relationship Dave and I have is, is, is really a remarkable one because he trusts me. And I trust him, and we verified our trust, so works out good. All right, take us to the uh, the, the temperature of this team in Raleigh right now. 27-21 winners in double overtime over ninth-ranked Clemson. First win for the Wolfpack over Clemson since 2011. What was it like for that game? Well, you know, it was, it, of course it was a, a, a major game, big game against a perennial championship, ACC championship team. Dabo's done a great job there. I got a master's from Clemson, so I have a tie-in with Clemson. I got my master's from there. I started college coaching at Clemson as a GA when I left Lumberland High School, so I've got a lot of tie-in there as well. But it was a big-time atmosphere game. The fans were phenomenal. Our sideline was phenomenal. And I tell you what, we went to the game expecting a 15-round heavyweight fight. We prepped our team on that in the entire week. It's going to be a 15-round fight, heavy-round fight, boxing match. And we'll get punched, we'll punch back, we'll punch, and then they get punched back. So you got to be ready for that ebb and flow. And we talked to them about being ourselves. We talked to them about playing complimentary football. And we then we talked to the guys about this, BB, making routine plays, and then big-time players making big-time plays, and just hanging in there. And we did that. And after the game, they stormed the field. I said, well, I'm going to sit on this bench while they – Going on the field, <laughs> I found a way to get out of there. I'm not, not, I'm not that fast anymore. So, no. But it was, it was great. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's a big boy. <laughs> I got you. It was great. It was a great win, and uh, it was uh, exciting for the kids. And then, in this business, you know, you got to get ready for this week. You know, Skip's bringing his team in here. Yeah. On Saturday, they'll be well coached, and they play well and should be four and zero right now. They lost the last second. Uh, uh, a toss versus SMU and, uh, at Mississippi State beat. So we know we're expecting a well-coached team and, and so, you know, it never ends. But our rule of thumb is 24 hours and that, that ended last night. So 
today we're on on to the next one. How much are you able to keep up with pirate football on, on football weekends? Of course I do. You know, I think a lot of Mike, Mike and I are real close. I don't know if people know that or not, Coach Houston. And then I have DK, Donnie, and then Tripp, and then Dale on the staff. Uh, you know, and then Miss Ann is still there in her role, but, uh, DK and I have known each other. I've known DK, BB, Donnie, longer than anyone, and I've known him coaching. You know, that's a long time. That is a long time. In coaching. Yeah. I, when he was an assistant, I was a high school coach. And then, so you imagine that back in the early 80s. Donnie says he's only 35 years old. How can that be? Is <laughs> he yeah, 35? That's what he says. 35. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You tell DK I said that, but no, he knows. And but I, I do keep up with, and I think a lot of Coach Houston, and and uh, you know I know the kids. I I I I know a lot of the kids on there. I remember some of the kids I know from recruiting, but I do keep up with them. You know, it's my school. I went to school there. My daughter went. My 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 wife got a master's from there. Master's from there. My sister-in-law, brother-in-law graduated from East Carolina. You know, my niece graduated. My brother. Grab that East Carolina. You know, so I went to, I went to East Carolina BB at 17 years of age. You know, I was a puppy, you know, and uh, so I grew up there. You know, that's where I became who I am. And, uh, so I do keep up with them and wish them well. You know, Donnie's taking a lot of heat this year because I think what's happening is when the offense is clicking, it's really, really good. It just hasn't clicked. Very, you know, it, it struggled for two games. We're getting to the Marshall game and the, the fourth quarter, it clicked like you, you wouldn't believe. And then we get into, you know, the game the other night and games have their own personalities. You know, the Pirates fell behind 14 nothing. They come back. They got it rolling 24 14. And, and, you know, I almost asked Coach Houston, like, you know, sometimes you have to play not to lose. You don't mean to, but that's what, you know, how it comes out. Offense didn't play very well at all in the second half and, you know, fans are a little bit upset, but Donnie's been doing this a long time, hasn't he? Man, look, this is what I, uh, uh, please, Pirate fans, relax and, 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 and still hold patience. And, and, and it's not easier said than done. It, it needs to be done because it take winning is winning and it's changed over a period of time. And remember, it's all about the win and it's not about how you do it. There's a lot of ways to do it. But for example, you asked about Lincoln. Lincoln had to win a tight game against West Virginia. Yes, they did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You won. You know what I mean? And you gotta, we, 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 as a, as a staff, as coaches, we understand that. So, you know, there's a point where you gotta relax, you know, and understand and celebrate and understand how hard winning is, BB. It is hard. So Donnie's been in a long time. He's really, really good at it. And, uh, a lot of times you don't know what or why he does. So you gotta trust and you gotta trust you got to be able to trust who, who's there. I trust Donnie, and I trust the staff, and be patient, man. The wins are hard, and you got to do all you can to get one. And remember, the other team practices, too. That's right. The other team, too. The other team has really good players, too. So, you know, you just want to try to win the game. And uh, I think, you know, I ask, I ask, not the man, I'm just asking, just be patient. You know, Donnie's a good coach. You trust me? Yeah. DK's a good coach. Mike Houston's a good football coach. So, you know, take time. It takes time. And, and you know, do you want to, do, do you want to microwave it or you want to build it brick by brick? 
You know what I mean, BB? Yeah, Mike, I'm right there with you. You got to build it brick by brick. All right, coach. So many people have asked me since the announcement came out. Will you be able to be here for the induction to for the Hall of Fame in November? Yeah, yeah. We play, uh, I think Florida State that weekend. Okay. So uh, I know I'll be there that Friday. Good. For sure. And then uh, work out the way to get to Tallahassee for the next day. And uh, but yeah, for sure that Friday. We're still talking about how to do that and what we're going to do and how to do it. But I, I plan on being there most definitely for that, along with Erlene and Olivia. My, Erlene and both of us, uh, they plan on being there as well. That sounds good. That's uh, that's going to be a great weekend for East Carolina for the entire program and for you know it's a great Hall of Fame class headlined by former East Carolina coach Ruffin McNeil. Coach, thanks so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate it. Congratulations to Dave Dorn and the Wolfpack for that big win, twenty-seven twenty-one over Clemson, and we look forward to seeing you on that Friday night coming up in November. BB, it always seems my day talking to you, brother. You're my friend, and and you're 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 the, the best in the business. You're a boat, brother. And, uh, <laughs> So I, I really, I really, uh, I really enjoy talking to you every time we talk. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, and, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. I certainly appreciate you too. Love you, man. You're the best, and uh, we miss you every day. Love you more, BB. <laughs> Love you more, man. Hey, 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 hug Melissa and Bella for me, please. Will do. Thanks so much, Coach Ruffin McNeil, joining us on the Brian Bailey Show. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll regroup. Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach for East Carolina, gets us set for Pirate football against Tulane to open up American Athletic Conference play this weekend. Back with more on the Brian Bailey Show on this Monday after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. You got to like that Xavier Smith coming on like that. That's good stuff right there. All right. Victory Monday continues for East Carolina. Pirates knocking off Charleston Southern on Saturday night. Steve Ellis is the cornerback's coach at East Carolina. He's got a guy in his room, Jaquan McMillan, that may be the MVP so far this season. McMillan had that game-saving pick in the win over Marshall in the final seconds up in Huntington, and he had the pick six against Charleston Southern that proved to be the game-winning score for East Carolina in that 31-28 win on Saturday night. So Coach Ellis joins us now. Coach, how are you on this Monday? I'm great. How are you, Mr. Brian? Not too bad. Not too bad. We had Coach Ruff on, and we've got you on. We're talking a lot of football in this hour. When you look at this defense, I know you guys have given up, you know, a lot of yards, especially the last couple of games. But you know, the way this defense goes about getting turnovers, and really, when you look at the whole aspect of defensive football, those turnovers are really big. Oh yeah, it's something we really emphasize uh, during this this training camp. I think you guys really have bought into that philosophy that. You know, we want to go out and create chaos. We want to go out and create havoc. And most important, we've got to get turnovers. We want to give the football back to our offense so those guys go score touchdowns. When you look at what Jaquan has been able to do, is it is it just his the way he plays the game, the way you know he, he's around the football? Because it it looks like to me in all the years I've watched football, especially at East Carolina, there are certain players that have what they call a nose for the football. That you know, good things happen, fumbles, you know, interceptions, and Jaquan, man, those are two huge plays. You know, right now he's playing at a very high level, and the thing about Jaquan is he has a unique competitive curiosity about him. Every time you see Jaquan, he always wants iPad watching the opponent's tape and, and actually on that play against Charleston Southern, we worked on that play during the week. We came back on the sideline on the third play of the game. They actually threw that ran that same play. And he said on the side 
sideline coach, I think I got a read on this play. And lo and behold, um, the start of the second half, we're in the same play. He ended up getting a pick six, and it was great for us. Yeah, Coach Houston kind of uh, referred to that and said it was a great call by you and Blake Harrell on that sideline. Uh, take us through the X's and O's. Is, is it a formation you guys see that 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 you think that play's coming? But he obviously was in the playbook for for Charleston Southern because he stepped right in front of that baby, and that was as easy a pick six as you can get. You know, on the course we're just trying to find tendencies. You know, the receiver splits, the running back sets, where the depth of the quarterback is. Uh, you know, behind the center, all those things that ties into a certain play, and you could try to watch as much film as you can. And once the game starts, you kind of get a feel for what's going on in certain tendencies here and there. And that certain play, that certain call, Coach Harold did a phenomenal job of seeing it in the box, and he made the call down, and we related to Jaquan, and we talked about that during that halftime break, and lo and behold, we got a pick, and, uh, it was a crucial turnover and a pick six for us. Yeah, it really was. And it really, you know, at the time, we all thought it would be a blowout after that. It didn't turn out to be that because, you know, Charleston Southern, let's give them some credit. Now, they came to town, and especially in that first half, I mean, as defensive coaches, you guys had to be thinking, like, what in the world is going on? You know, that's the thing of football. You know, you got to come out. You got to come out ready to go. And uh, that's the great thing about this game, that, that anybody can win in a Saturday. And um, luck for us, we had a chance to win that game. But it's a learning experience. Every time you get a chance to go out there and play a game, you try to take learning experiences and, and teachable moments for our guys. And I think those guys really took that learning experience. And it should pay dividends for us just from an attitude standpoint before throughout this season. We'll talk about Tulane coming up in just a minute. Let's talk about your career a little bit, Coach Ellis. Uh, you came to East Carolina from South Florida. You were at Middle Tennessee for a decade. But, but what did you see in Mike Houston and East Carolina and Blake Harrell uh, that you really wanted to come to Greenville? Uh, you know, the first thing you saw with Coach Houston is he's a great leader of men. And that's one thing as a coach. You always want to be assistant. Um, on the coach is a great leader of men. He's a great ex and old coach, a highly motivated individual. And the great thing about him, he, he's a great person, great family. So I want to be a part of this. I always want to be a part of a coach that's a winner and they're trying to lead men to be the best they can possibly be. Um, coach Harold, you know, I just love his style. Uh, I love the defense philosophy. Uh, we have the same core beliefs, what we think what defense should look like. And, and it was just a great opportunity for me to come here. I'm just so fortunate to be a part of this East Carolina family. Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach at East Carolina, joining us for about 20 minutes or so on this Victory Monday for East Carolina. Coach, take us through what you guys do and what you do personally on this staff. You know, you get the win on Saturday night. Maybe you get a little chance to spend a little time with your family. But then you guys are back at it on Sunday. Take us through what you guys do on Sunday, Monday, and then through the week coming up as you prepare for Tulane. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, you're fortunate we get the win on Saturday. You get a chance to celebrate. You get a chance to rejoice. And, you know, we got a 24-hour rule. You know, we come back in on Sunday morning. We get a chance to grade the tape. Um, we get together as a staff and talk about the things that how we can improve, <clears throat> excuse me, or things we can do better, things that we like. We get the kids that evening. And we get a chance to go through the film with them because you want to give them a chance to see it and digest it. Hey, this is what we did well these are things we can improve on. These are things that some opponents may be able to attack us later on in the future. We have a practice that evening, and uh, for us here, which is great, 
we win, we have winner's dinner. And so, man, you got some good food that we have for the guys to eat because, again, winning is hard. When you win, you have to celebrate. And then on Mondays, we just dive into the next opponent. And we get in early and we stay late. And, and we just try and get a game plan to put those guys in the best position that they can be successful. And we get a chance to come back on Tuesday, get a chance to have a practice, meet with the players. And we study just working out the kinks in the game plan make sure guys are in a position and they understand their next opponent. And you try to give those guys as much tendencies about their opponent as possible so those guys can play fast and they can play fills. And on Wednesday, the same thing kind of happens. On Thursday, you've got the game plan in. you kind of polishing up, and it should be a short, crisp Thursday practice. Friday, you have to walk through, guys are on point. And Saturday, you know, you stay in the hotel, you get ready to play, and you kick that ball off, and, and it is game time. Yeah, and then you do it all over again, don't you? You go through the games and, and then it's just, it's just a cycle in football. And I've said this so many times through the years that once you kick this thing off with, with fall camp in August, man, it's just an absolute blur. It's hard to believe that you guys are four games into the season on the game number five, two and two on the year. As Coach Houston said after the game on the coaches show, he said, they said, yeah, we, we would like to be three and one. Heck, we'd like to be four and oh, but, uh, two and two after starting oh and two, you know, you guys have bounced back nicely and now you get a chance to start uh, American Athletic Conference play. What are some of the things that, that you saw on tape, without giving anything away, but some of the things you saw on tape against Charleston Southern that, that you guys want to get back on the practice field with and, and really you know hone in on? You know, one of the things that we wanted to get back to is just, just that, that intensity, that toughness that Coach Houston preaches, to go out there and play the game like it's supposed to be played. Uh, you know, we definitely want to improve tackling. That's something that's, you know, throughout the course of football, especially with basketball. Uh, the football's on, on the grass right now. He's throwing the ball across the yard. Get back to open field tackle. Get back to communicating. And the biggest thing, get back to playing the defense that we know we can play here on the East Carolina. And so we had a really short practice yesterday. You know, the guys happy we won, but they know the performance that we had Saturday against Charleston Southern. Just up on this was up to the standard that we want to be at. And so it was a good practice. The guys were energized. They were ready to go in. I just came ready to kick this ball off on Saturday. That sounds good. Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach at East Carolina, is our guest. We're going to take a quick commercial break right now. We'll come back, then we'll wrap things up with Coach Ellis as we continue on on this Victory Monday on the Brian Bailey Show right after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back on this Monday. Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach in East Carolina, has joined us to talk about the Pirate win over Charleston Southern and the game coming up this week, East Carolina and the Green Wave of Tulane. And, Coach Ellis, I think most of us saw the Oklahoma-Tulane game to start the year, and Tulane really played really, really well in that game. But since then, Tulane hasn't had a whole lot of success, have they? Well, you know, you know, you start off with a team like OU, that's one of the top teams in the country, and then they battled them. And when you watch the tape, you know, Tulane should have won that game. Um, but, you know, hey, one in three, when you watch the tape, they battled them one in three football team. Um, they're a really good quarterback, does a really good job pushing the football down the field. Big physical offensive line that they do a great job of moving people, and they got excellent skill on the perimeter. We talked about Jaquan a lot. Talk about some of the other guys in your room and what you're, what you're looking for out of those guys. You know, uh, start off with, uh, new Malik Flynn. You know, he plays outfield corner. He's doing an outstanding job for us. Um, Malik is one of those guys that he, he truly loves football. 
You know, a lot of people think about the cornerback position. They think about a guy being Hollywood, you know, with the smoke, you know, coming from the flames. But it's really the impact of the guys that he has on the other guys in the room and on the football team. By his work ethic, by his discipline, by his leadership, those are the qualities that Malik brings to the table, and we were definitely excited about him. The other guys playing well is uh, Nolan Johnson, and uh, he's been playing uh, really well up to this point. And my uh, main focus right now is keep those guys to keep growing, keep learning, and keep continue to play at a very high level. Do you work? I know you guys work day in and day out on tackling, but have you been pretty pretty happy with your guys in your room with, with their tackling? Because they they have a different you know type of tackling they have to do. They're they're tackling in space. I mean they're they're out there. Guys are running free, and they've got to make a tackle, and they've got to get it down. You know, I think you have any football coach who's always say that they're roof improvement. And, and we we consistently want to get better at tackling. And, and the main thing is that those guys want to catch passes. You know, they're spreading the football out across the field. Our main objective makes sure there's no doors out to catch. Let's get the football down right now. And so we always practice, you know, wrapping. We, we've got to roll guys because of the cornerback position. You're not the biggest guy. And so you can know those running backs there are 215, you know, 220 pounds. So we're consistently working on tackling in space and also – just wrapping guys with a great job of leveraging the football, um, you know, shoulder to leg tackle, roll tackling guys to get them on the ground. As a defensive backs coach, how hard is it to teach a defensive back to turn their head around when the ball is in the air? Because we see that on the high school level, the collegiate level, the pro level. I mean, and some guys, some guys get it done and some guys, you know, it's, to me, it's got to be one of the most difficult things because you're trying to cover somebody and that's when you get in trouble with interference. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do in the game of football. You know, you, you're chasing a guy, so you're always racking, and then you watch him when he turns, you're supposed to turn to find the football. And that's one of the things we have to consistently work at every single day because that's a, that's not a normal body function to run and then turn and look for a ball the opposite way. And that's one of the toughest things that you go back to the, to the, to the beginning of football. That's a challenge that every defensive back coach is constantly having to work on, constantly having to drill. But it takes reps and reps and reps. And some guys just have a natural feel for it, and some guys really don't. But, again, especially all those back shoulder phase that offenses are throwing right now in the game of football is definitely a, a challenge for us in the back end. Yeah, those offenses will cheat, won't they? And back shoulder fades and stuff like that. That's not, that shouldn't be legal, should it? You know, <laughs> no. Uh, Five years ago, people going back shoulder phase, you know, in the red zone. And now, five years from now, they pushing the football, they going back shoulder phase in the middle of the field. And so, you know, the objectives always stay on top of the receiver. But now, if you're in the middle of the field, they throwing back shoulder phase. And so, that's a, that's a definitely tough, they're definitely challenging. And also, with the push off, that's making it even more challenging. Are guys taught on the field, maybe the bench players and even the guys that that are on the defensive players on the field, that when that ball is thrown, you hear a lot, balls out, balls out. Is that part of the, the, the play on defense that you're hoping that, hey, now the corner knows the ball is out and he's got to start turning his head around pretty soon? I know it's on the outside line. I'm the main one yelling ball, ball, ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the guy is a natural action. Hey, when the ball is out, everybody holler ball. Just give that guy another alert that, hey, that ball, you know, is coming. And uh, we try to teach those guys, hey, when his eyes go back, receiver's eyes come back, my eyes must go back. And try to put those guys in a in a more advantageous way to break that ball up and hopefully Jaquan's position give a chance to get an interception. 
When you graded the tape against Charleston Southern, what were some of the things? Who were some of the players that graded well? You know, I think obviously we get a chance to grade the tape. Um, you know, Jaquan played well. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, you know, you would ask him, he would say, Coach, I might have should have had another interception uh, opportunity. And, and we always trying to strive to do more. We're always trying to strive to do better. And uh, I thought he played really well. Um, Malik Fleming had a really nice game. Um, our biggest thing right now is just continue to improve, continue to grow. Every experience is a learning experience. Every opportunity is a teachable moment. And so that's what we're just trying to hone into those guys that, hey, we want to play at a high level every time we step on that football field. All right, let's take it full circle and then go back to Tulane. The Green Wave comes to town, 3.30 kickoff this week at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. What's it going to take for the Pirate defense to uh, to stop this Tulane offense and uh, give the Pirates a chance to win this game? Well, one thing is always going football, we've got to stop the run. they got three phenomenal tailbacks. It does a really good job of running the football. They have great lateral um, vertical movement. Uh, we have to get the pressure on the quarterback. We give him time to go to football. He does a great job pushing the football. The OC there, Chip Long, does a good job of using the third of the football field to spread the football around to all their skill guys. So we have to do a great job tackling, a great job disguising our coverage, and most importantly, we got to get up to that quarterback and force some turnovers. Have you noticed that guys are a little, you know, a little more fired up? I mean, they got two wins under their belts in the last two weeks. Plus, you know, get a chance in the American Athletic Conference, and you know, everybody's zero and zero for the most part. So you get a chance to open up conference play, and it, it's anybody's race. I mean, we can all look at the preseason predictions and look at the teams we think are going to be really good, like Cincinnati, and they've proven to be really good. But but you look at everybody else. I mean, every chance every chance you get to go out there and win a football game and and to, to place yourself in the American. And if you get to the six wins, you get a chance to go to a bowl game. I mean, everything is right out in front of these guys. You know, all the goals Coach Houston has for us, you know, all the expectations, all the standards, stay right there on the table. And the great thing about this opponent is only thing you have to do is turn the tape on. We get a chance to watch those guys against the University of Oklahoma. You know you're playing against a really good football team. And so, again, like you said, it's the first conference game. Everybody's 0-0 zero zero right now. What a great way to get start this Saturday off with a win and give us momentum going to the conference play against Tulane. And fans always on offense like to talk about the big plays. On defense, they like to talk about blitzes and and, and this defense and, and sending people after the quarterback. And I would say, as a defensive back coach, and I know this is true, the more pressure you get on a quarterback, the easier it is for your guys to do their jobs. But you've got to get pressure on that quarterback, don't you? You know, it's one of those deals now. You look at all the, you know, 7 on 7, you know, for the quarterbacks in the summer. The, those guys throw pitch and catch all throughout the summer. And if you don't rally his cage or get him off his track, it can be a long day for you. And, uh, we're trying to do our best, uh, defense staffs to put package together so we can get off to that quarterback and really try to make them one-handed so they throw in the football. And, and one way to throw an exception is put that ball in the air when it's in the most vulnerable position. Let's rattle that cage coming up this weekend, East Carolina and Tulane. Coach Ellis, thanks so much for your time today. I know the time is precious for you guys on a Monday because of you getting set for the, uh, you know, the, the week ahead in practice and trying to get the game plan together and that kind of thing. So we certainly appreciate your time and we've really enjoyed watching Jaquan uh, McMillan do what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks and we wish you much success down the road. Thanks so much, coach. 
Thank you. Go Pirates. All right. Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach at East Carolina, joining us on this Victory Monday for East Carolina. We'll come back and we'll wrap up this edition of the Brian Bailey Show right after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show. But you didn't know you were listening to The Brian Bailey Show until that Brian Bailey character jumped in there and, and told you you were listening to The Brian Bailey Sometimes Show. Sometimes you got to let the people know. Sometimes you got to let them know. Cliff Brock on the other end, behind the glass. J.H. Rose has a huge football game coming up tomorrow night. The Ramp is taking on the Cardinals of Jacksonville. And this, this game's got all kinds of... of backdrop to it in my opinion i mean you've got you got bo williams coming to town he used to run around the sidelines as a boy when his dad chip williams was the head coach at rose his dad was also the head coach at newburn so he come back for that you've got him bringing a jacksonville team that's undefeated jacksonville knocked off newburn on friday night with a touchdown in the final minute and they tacked on the two-point conversion on a great great play it's just going to be a, a great atmosphere for football unfortunately it's going to be on a tuesday night but hopefully everybody can get out and, and see the game it should be a lot of fun Tuesday night lights. Yeah, so. Tuesday night lights. I think it's the only game in town, so it's the only thing really that's going on. So that once should we be... get to this point in the season, Bailey, when you're in conference play, you, you can't reschedule right. them later on. Like yeah. you got to get them in when you can get them in, right? You got you've got to get if you want to play them, you got to get them in, and they certainly want to play this one. Rose started zero and three on the year, but since then they won fifty to twelve over Northside Jacksonville. And then they won 42 nothing over South Central. I was out on my deck uh, Friday night, and the South Central band sounded great. I could hear the drums and everything, but uh, the game didn't go so well for the Falcons. Yeah, it, it did. And that's <laughs> not Northside Jacksonville. That's Southwest Onslow. They beat Southwest Onslow 50-12 to and then beat South Central 42 nothing. So they've outscored the opposition 92-12 to in their last two games. Mm. Uh, Southwest Onslow is not having a typical Southwest Onslow-type year. Uh, South Central, I thought that would be a much closer game, but uh, J.H. Rose came to town. Michael Allen played perhaps his best game. Somebody told me they thought, I should have asked Coach Ruff about Michael Allen. He's committed to North Carolina State. Somebody said maybe he lost a step, maybe he wasn't quite as good. And, man, let me tell you something, he can fly. <laughs> he really put on a show against South Central. But uh, that game rose in Jacksonville, 7 o'clock kickoff tomorrow night, and that is a huge game. Jacksonville knocking off Newburn, and so the Cardinals in the driver's seat right now. If they win that game, they'll be the number one team in our touchdown Friday top nine. But uh, that, that's on Tuesday night. Then on Friday night, Rose uh, should take care of business against Northside Jacksonville. That's when they play Northside Jacksonville. And then South Central and Conley have to make the trip to uh, Craven County. South Central plays at Newburn. That'll be very difficult. Conley plays at Havelock, and that'll be a very difficult assignment. Though I think Conley has a better shot against Havelock than South Central than at Newburn, because Newburn comes into that game after losing that, that heartbreaker to Jacksonville, and they'll be fired up. So uh, we'll see how, how that one goes, but uh, we'll see how the, the the rest of the season pans out. North Pitt has a big game with Southwest Edgecombe. In fact, we're thinking about making that our touchdown Friday game of the week just because uh, North Pitt's 4-1. They're coming off a blowout win last Thursday. Yes, right? they yeah. played on Thursday. That's the game that I, I think I told this story with more Morgan Aylers, but, you know, I saw on Twitter they might be playing, so I called the school, and whoever's at the school with North Pitt said, no, we're not playing until Friday night. As Melissa said, and she's so smart, she said, why didn't you call the coach? I didn't have the coach's number, but let me tell you something what Brian Bailey won't do next time. He won't call the lady in the office. He'll call the coach, and he'll so, find uh, out. He's got other things to worry about instead of football, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> so I guess, uh, I guess someone was in the dunce corner or something, and they couldn't figure out when the game was, but uh, we'll promise to get North Pitt coming up this week. Pirates and the Tulane Green Wave 3.30 kickoff. That gets you guys on the air at 11.30 a.m. How was the pregame and postgame this past week? 
Pre-game was great. Post-game was, uh, yeah, eh. kind of like the second half. Uh, Coach Ruff said earlier in the show there's no such thing as an ugly win, but if there is, we saw one Saturday. Yeah, I think so. And and I asked Coach Houston that, that is it harder sometimes when you you know you have a lead and and you're you know you're trying to protect the football. Though you know the Pirates did throw a couple of picks in the second half, but you know it was just an ugly ugly half. And I, I think what happened, and this is just psychologically speaking, it was almost like the Pirates thought they were going to go in and win the game easily. They found out in the first quarter they weren't. They found out in the second quarter they could move the football at will. They could do what they wanted to do. So they kind of took the, you know, they thought, kind of thought, hey, we got this. Then you get the pick six. Then you know you got it. And so, and then nothing happened after that. That was that was not a good half of football. Two and two. That's, two and two. That's the, the positive side. Two and two, and that is the positive side. And that's the, the way we'll look at it. This is a huge game with Tulane, though, because if you can get this win, you're three and two, and then you're heading to the bulk of your schedule, and you've still got, you know, bowl opportunities. I have a winning record this late in the season for the first time since Ruffin McNeil was yeah. the coach. Isn't that something? Yeah. Ruff was 42 and 34 in his years at East Carolina. Took the Pirates to four bowls. We need to get back to a bowl. And, and that, of course, is the goal. All right. Wrapping things up, I want to thank head coach Ruffin McNeil. He'll be in the Hall of Fame at East Carolina. And the induction ceremony is coming up in November. Also want to thank Steve Ellis, cornerbacks coach at East Carolina, getting us set for the Pirates and Green Wave. We'll see you back here next week on the Brian Bailey Show. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and The Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.